Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. A quick and important update on Friday's Season 3 Open. We will be moving it um, to another course, and I'll get to that in a moment here. So I'm recording this on Monday evening. On Tuesday morning, I will be uh, checking out, or I'll be heading over to Loon's Nest and chatting with their owner and seeing if we'll be able to get on the course Friday evening. Weather looks phenomenal, so I believe that we will, but I want to get that confirmation first before we announce it as official. If that were not to work out, we would then look at the links at Dred Scott. That is the backup plan for now. So, how did we get here? Um... We've known now for a little bit that uh, Eagle Lake has been in, you know, rougher condition. I, I wouldn't say it's it's. I, I mean, you know, you can, you can, uh, you can make your own call on 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 what that means. Uh, Eric Casilia sent me some photos last week, and it it was in the roughest condition it had been yet. And my thinking, I was going to come on the podcast today and say, "Listen, we're, we're gonna we're gonna go to Eagle Lake once this year. We're gonna get it get it out of the way right away." Uh, but the course continues to get worse and worse and worse. And by August, September, October, it's going to be in in uh, you know worse shape than it is now. Hole seventeen, I think it was seventeen, had um, it the turf was so poor, uh, uh, kind of by the entrance. Or, or the exit to the hole that we were actually going to do a drop, like a drop zone, so that if your ball did go into that area, you'd be able to drop it somewhere else. Regardless, Tom Loftus sent me a photo tonight, uh, and the turf on that hole is completely been ripped up, uh, as they are making uh, much needed repairs to the course. So, the bad news is, is we're moving Friday's event. We're, we're still having Friday's event. We're just moving it. The good news is, is that Eagle Lake is getting, by all accounts, you know, new turf in, on, a, on a lot of uh, holes and, and maybe the entire course. So thank you, Eric Casilius. Thank you, Tom Loftus, for sending me those photos. It is very much appreciated. I will announce tomorrow, Tuesday... Uh, where the event will be. Again, I'm going to be uh, stopping into Loon's Nest in the morning, chatting with them and seeing if we can go there on Friday. As many of you know, uh, Tom is hosting a an event at Loon's Nest on the 13th. I believe yes, the thirteenth. Uh, so this could be a uh, you know a, a good opportunity to uh, uh, get out there uh, in in uh, preparation for that event as well. I believe it's going to be Tom's event. It's going to be three rounds, one single day. Okay, so more on that coming shortly. Apologies for the back and forth on the uh, change of venue, but I think uh, we have enough time to adjust. Okay, let's talk award season. The next award that we're going to cover here on today's podcast is Tournament Performance of the Year. Now, last year, made a small error, medium-sized error, however you want to put, look at it, and I called this award Round of the Year. So if you look at the five nominees for Round of the Year last year, Daryl Hummany at the Midwest Golf Dome, Sean Brown at Veterans Memorial, Sean Brown at Lilliput, Sean Brown at Golf Zone, Matt Wyman at Moose Mountain, all five of those were actually not rounds. They were two rounds, but I called it rounds because uh, I made a mistake. So we separated them this year. I was thinking, oh, are we going to do round of the year? Are we going to do performance of the year? And I was like, you know what? Let's do both. Why not? It'll be fun. 
So the first one up is tournament performance of the year. We've also started unveiling round of the year as well uh, on Instagram. Two of those five are up. We'll get to that later. Uh, so tournament performance of the year is essentially the entire performance of the tournament. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty straightforward, uh, if you will. So we have uh, five nominees for tournament performance of the year and let's uh go in order in which the way they uh they were revealed uh and we'll start with sean brown at lilliput uh with a 29 under 103 last july uh and it was a seven stroke victory and uh, the score of 103 is two strokes clear of the next best score, which is 105. And that's on 54 total entries. So with some of these, I'm, I'm looking at how many times these courses have been played. I think that's really, really relevant here. And we've played this course a lot. Not quite as much as Golf Zone, but I, I think probably second most. Um, so 54 total entries. Um, and, and, and a score that is two strokes clear of the next best score, uh, was a, you know, kind of a shoe in performance, uh, or excuse me, shoe in nomination for tournament performance of the year. The next one was the new year's open. Eric Hacelius had a 16 under par 72. This was a three stroke victory and his score of 72 is two strokes clear of the next best score of 74. This is with 53 total entries. And by 53 total entries, I mean, 53 people have signed up and played in an event at this course. Okay. The third one, the one most uh, most fresh in our collective memories, if you will, is Matt Rolstead's 66 at the Golf Zone. This was 18 under par. This was a five-stroke victory. His score of 66 is two strokes clear of the next best score of 68, 98 total entries. We will get to these next best scores in a moment here, uh, but I want to read out all five here. Uh, the next one. Uh, another Matt Rolstead special, a six-stroke victory in March of 2023. Matt has been on fire as of late. Also, Matt has announced he will not be participating in the Season 3 Open. I'm sure that is of interest to many of you uh, because of how on fire Matt has been. Now, I'm assuming he's telling the truth. You know, this might be a, this might be a, some reverse psychology thing. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming we won't be seeing Matt on, on Friday, but shortly thereafter we will be. This one was at the ACE course in Burnsville. Um, again, a six stroke victory score of 68 is four strokes clear of the next best score of 72. This is 42 total entries, uh, a 10 under par 68 at Grand Slam Burnsville for Matt Rolstead. Our final nominee for tournament performance of the year is Sean Brown's 23 under 85 at Loon's Nest. Now, this is a kind of a good example of, of, well, we've only played it once. We don't have a lot of data, but this, this, this was a five stroke victory. Okay. So it was a decisive victory with, with 18 total entries. So as you'll notice, I didn't nominate, uh, let's just take Matt Rolstead's, um, uh, Centennial Lakes Open, uh, because it, I believe it was only a one stroke victory. And, it, you know, it, it, it was, I think it was 11 participants, 12 participants. So it, it didn't, it didn't carry as much weight as this one at the Loon's Nest. Now, if we end up at Loon's Nest on Friday, this 
2385 is going to come into a lot more focus. It's going to be, I know a lot of you have been practicing for Tom's upcoming event, and this is going to be, um, you know, an opportunity for some of you to have seen the course two, three, four times. Um, so who knows? Maybe this, maybe this, um, number gets, gets beat you know, sizably. I, I doubt it. I mean, but, but, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting. So five stroke victory. It was five strokes clear of the next best score of 90 on 18 total entries. Okay. So let's dig a little bit deeper into each of these. So, um, let's start at, uh, Matt Rolstead's uh, golf zone open, which was, uh, just last month. Oh gosh. A month and it's May now. So a little over a month ago, um, an 18 under 66 was two strokes better than Sean Brown's eight, 16 under 68 that took place technically in this same league year on the first event of the league year, uh, on April 22nd, 2022. And this of course included, uh, Matt Rolstead's 30, which was three strokes clear of um, the next best score of Sean Brown and Zach Casilius. Both both had 33s um, during the last league year. So just a dominant performance overall. Uh, 10 aces, uh, you know, a, a lot went on that day. We've covered it in, in, uh, in pretty great detail. The next one was Matt Rolstead's 10 under 68. Interestingly enough, the next handful of, of best scores here, Dan Wesley, six under, Joel Brown's six under, Matt Rolstead's five under, Justin Hackman's four under, Nick Brown's four under. Those all took place on the same day, the last day of the last league year, March 31st, 2022. Um, of course, that was the Dan Wesley, Joel Brown extra holes that Dan Wesley ended up uh, 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 winning. So Matt Rolstead's 33, which was a part of that 68, uh, bested his course record of 34 um, again on that same date, 331, 2022. Okay, let's head down to uh, Sean Brown's um, Loon's Nest. Here, 23 under par was five strokes better than Eric Hasselius and nine strokes better than Dan Radke and Matt Rolstead. Um, <clears throat> this was in October of 2022. And, and, it, and it's interesting, right? This was Eric Hasselius's first event. And he, and he was five strokes clear of Sean Brown. Or five strokes behind Sean Brown. If Eric Asilius isn't in this event, let's just say he he didn't start at Loon's Nest. Let's say he started at the next one. That's a nine-stroke victory for Sean Brown on a course that presumably he was playing for the first time. I don't know for sure for certain, uh, but you know it's a it's a pretty pretty decent guess. Um, Sean's forty two was actually tied that day by Michael Carlson's forty two, and both uh, and and Eric Casilius and then Sean Brown also had forty threes as well. So that was Sean Brown's loons nest. 
Um, okay, two left here. Let's go to uh, Grand Slam Coon Rapids to talk about Eric Casilius at the New Year's Open. He had a 16 under 72. This was two. St- well, this was at the time three strokes clear of Sean Brown's 75 that took place the prior year's New Year's Open. But now we've been back to the Grand Slam since then, and Tom Loftus had a 14 under 74. So Eric Casilius is still two strokes uh, clear of of the next best performance and also has a course record 35 to go along with that shared with both Tom Loftus and Jake Hodge. Josh Benish, Sean Brown, and Tom Loftus also have 36s on that particular course. I did not data check this. I did not go in and fact check this, if you will, but uh, it Eric noted on the Instagram comments, um, uh, since everyone who ever won a puttcraft tournament played in this one and everyone in the top 15 was there. Uh, so he, he asked if there were bonus points for that. So obviously a very stacked field that Eric Caselius, uh came out in front of. So uh, again, it, it was nominated for term, tournament performance of the year for a reason. Uh, and our final one was Sean Brown. Sean Brown's 103-29 under at Lilliput in July of 2022. This was uh, two strokes clear of Matt Rolstead's uh, 27 under uh, just a month prior, and four strokes clear of Sean Brown's 25 under, (laughs) six strokes clear of Sean Brown's 23 under, and uh, Sean Brown had another 23 under, and Brady Storoff had another 23 under as well. Um, So uh, does not actually have the course record at this particular uh, course. This is the only one of the five tournament performance nominees that does not have the current course record. Brady Storhoff has that with a 49 as opposed to Sean Brown's 50. So um, I know a better score is obviously possible at this course, and I'm really excited to get out there again uh, later this month to uh, to uh, play. So, okay. Um, let's talk about who wasn't nominated. So, I think many of you might be thinking, wait a second, didn't Matt Rolstead absolutely dominate the Lynx at Dred Scott in September? Uh, not dominate, excuse me, let me rephrase that. Didn't Matt Rolstead come roaring back from a g- giant deficit? And he did. He had a 37, which broke the previous course record by seven strokes. Um, and we've had, you know, 70 or so, 75 or so uh, entries into the links at Dred Scott. So this wasn't like we've only been there once. Um, I don't think we have, I think the next widest margin here, let's just do this real quick. Centennial Lakes, there's a two stroke margin. Matt Rolstead over Sean Anderson. Uh, Como Park, there's a two stroke margin. Sean Brown and Daryl Hummony over Sean Wheeler. Sean Brown's two stroke margin on Eagle Lake over Tom Loftus. Matt Rolstead's three-stroke margin, again, these are course records, over uh, Sean Brown on Golf Zone is at 30. Uh, Ace course, Matt Rolstead, one-stroke margin over himself. Grand Slam Coon Rapids, there's a three-way tie between Jake Hodge, Eric Casilius, and Tom Loftus. Of course, we just mentioned Brady Storhoff's one-stroke margin over Sean Brown at Lilliput. The seven-stroke margin Matt Rolstead has over Nick Noble at the Lynx at Dred Scott has to be the widest. We'll find out here in a moment. It's the widest. Spoiler alert. At the Loon's Nest, both Sean Brown and Michael Carlson have 42. That's a one-stroke margin over Eric Casilius and Sean Brown. 
the Midwest Golf Dome, 49s for Daryl Hummony, Sean Brown, and Brian Bleckinger, one stroke margin over Brady Storhoff and Daryl Hummony. The 39 at Moose Mountain is uh, by Justin Hackman is a one-stroke margin over Matt Wyman, who had back-to-back 40s. And Sean Brown's 37 at Veterans Memorial is a one-stroke margin better than Matt Rolstead's 38. So yes, the widest margin here is Matt Rolstead's 37, seven strokes clear of Nick Noble. The reason why it wasn't nominated is because had I nominated, I mean, don't get me wrong. I could have nominated it for tournament performance of the year. It was one of the best tournament performances of the year, but it matched Matt Wyman's six under four months and two days prior. So the thinking was, gosh, Matt Rolstead's felt different than Matt Wyman's, but also they both ended at six under par. So just because Matt Wyman had a more balanced approach to that six under par, does that give the nod to Matt Rolstead. I didn't feel like it did, and I didn't feel like nominating both of them. The other one was at Centennial Lakes, where um, Matt Rolstead was 19 under par, one stroke clear of both Dan Wesley and Sean Anderson. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier with Sean Brown at Loon's Nest. It just, this one didn't feel like a wide enough margin, and we hadn't played the course enough times for me to really feel like this was a special, special performance. And Unlike the Basketball Hall of Fame, I want this to be more like the Baseball Hall of Fame. The Baseball Hall of Fame is like very exclusive. When you get nominated for it, you know that means something. The Basketball Hall of Fame is like kind of anybody, you know, it's like, oh, you had a good basketball career. Okay, you're in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't mean to disparage anybody. Uh, That's not what I want to do here. Okay, the other thing. Again, I mentioned Eric Casillas so many times in this podcast. I'm going to mention him one more time. He, I think with the help of his sons. I'm not totally sure, Eric, you could clear this up for me. He created a uh, shortcut database. Really, really awesome. And uh, made it really simple for me to rattle off these stats one at a time here. Um, Event winners, top five rounds, top five events, most single ace rounds, or, or yeah, or, or most one ace rounds, most event aces, most consecutive aces. Did you know that at Eagle Lake... There's never been um, back-to-back. Oh, no, not Eagle Lake. Which, which I was looking at this, and I was kind of blown away. Which course didn't have back-to-back? Oh, yeah, Lily Putts never had back-to-back aces. Links at Dred Scott's never had back-to-back aces. Loon's Nest never had back There's a bunch of courses that we've never had. Anybody's never, nobody's ever had a back-to-back ace. And I thought that was really, really, really interesting. And do you want to know who's had the most back-to-back aces. I bet you, if you thought about it, you could get to it because it didn't happen all that long ago. Matt Rolstead had five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back aces at the golf zone. Second place is Kathleen Malone at Grand Slam Burnsville. Sean Anderson actually had three back-to-back-to-back aces at Grand Slam Coon Rapids. All of this is possible because um, Eric Asilius put together this awesome database. Yeah, man, this is great. Like, Really great. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Um, where was I? It's late. I'm kind of all over the place. I, I want to give one other, uh, another thank you to Tom Loftus for sending me that photo of hole 17 with the carpet completely folded over the course. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's under construction right now. So thank you, Tom. Thank you, Eric, again, for sending that over. 
to me, um, and I will make the announcement tomorrow, Tuesday, about where we are going to be playing Friday night at 6 p.m., whether that's going to be at the Loon's Nest, most likely, or Dred Scott, far less likely. I don't want to go any further than that. I mean, like, I, I know that some of you are coming from a little bit of a distance, um, so, you know, I wanted to keep it North, um, West Metro, you know, Loon's Nest is not Northwest Metro, but it's North Metro at least. Um, you know, there are some other courses that could have been possibilities, but, but they are, but they are further away. Speaking of courses that are further away, um, I am being, uh, my arm is being twisted about adding a course, uh, over in, I, b- I believe it's Big Lake is the is the address. It is the address. I've just confirmed. Uh, McPete's over in Big Lake, Minnesota. I do want to go over sort of the, the, uh, criteria for adding a course. First off, we want as many courses, as many playable courses as we can. We're not going to get back onto Eagle Lake until, I don't know, midsummer. Um, Midwest Golf Dome is going to be out again this year, unfortunately. Um, you know, we didn't go to Moose Mountain last year. I do plan on heading back there at some point. So I do love the idea of adding new courses. Now, how far out are we willing to go? Okay, because if we're going to have a um, uh, an event, obviously we want people to attend said event. McPeach is 30 miles from Lilliput. Um, 33 minutes and 30 miles. So it's a ways out there. Don't get me wrong. And some of you live out there, so it's not a ways for you. Uh, and, and some of you don't. So it's, 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 it's what it's going to come down to essentially is I'm, I'm going to visit the course here shortly, uh, take a lot of photos, take some video tours, play it. If it's a course that I feel, and and, and then we're going to kind of balance the how great is the course, how fun would it be to add this course versus the travel distance. It's not like I'm asking you to go to Fargo, okay? Um, and again, a, a lot of you do live in the West or Northwest Metro. Uh, I live in the East Metro. I think most of you live West of me. Which, you know, is great because a lot of the miniature golf courses are out that direction. So I'm going to play the course. I'm going to take photos and uh, we'll kind of make a determination from there. The thinking might be, well, just put it on the schedule and see who comes. And yeah, okay, that's fine. But, you know, that five, six, seven, eight person event is not generally a great experience for people. I know we'd have at least four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, which is good. And sometimes I can, I can twist my wife's arm into playing. So that's five. Um, but I don't necessarily like a, a 12, sort of that magic number, if you will, of like, okay, what's that, what's that minimum number that you don't necessarily want to go below? And it's 12. And if I don't feel like we could get 12 people out to McPete's, I don't know if we'll do it. Uh, but you know what? I want to give it a shot. I want to get out there and play it. And, um, I appreciate, uh, those of you who are, uh, wanting, uh, us to expand out a little further out of the Metro. So, okay. Final time. I will be updating you tomorrow with, uh, where we will be playing on Friday night. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye.